Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Tanks, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. Today we are collectively trying to create a list of the top 10 greatest music biopics. We are joined by a special guest and friend of the show, Gianna Chase. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Duel of the Takes. This is going to be a very controversial episode. We are talking about the top 10 music biopics with special guest, friend of the show, Gianna. How's it going? It's going well. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have this this conversation in general. I feel like this is uh, going to be another very controversial episode. Uh, the last two weeks, or whenever Josh puts out the episode we recorded two weeks ago, have been extremely spicy. So uh, I think this is going to alter some takes as well. We're making a top 10 here. And uh, I think everyone should probably have a lock. So that way it's too water. I don't know if this means lock your favorite, but definitely lock one you don't think is going to be on everyone's list would be my advice. Damn. I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain my PNS quadrilogy. (laughs) 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 I think I know what Gianna's lock is, so I don't have to do that. I don't know. It sounds like it's on enough people's list. We might not have to worry about it. That's true, but I feel like it shouldn't really be as high as I have it, and it probably shouldn't actually be as high as Gianna has it either. So I want to see it go higher than it should. Well, it depends on what movie you're talking about, because there's two of them. I like the way this is going. Alden. (laughs) Since you fixed Craig, you want to go first, my guy? Not really. Okay. <laughs> what what movie are you locking into the top ten? Is it me? No, Alden. It's your name, Alden. Call me by your name, Alden. <laughs> I have no idea where this would be on people's lists, but I'm gonna say straight out of Compton. Ooh, cool. A hundred percent. All right, Gianna, what are you locking? I just have to do it because it's one of my personal favorites. I have to um, lock Walk the Line on the list oh damn it that was gonna go up anyway (laughs) yeah just to be safe i agree it's important to be safe we always wear protection here on duel the takes well some of us don't damn gianna do you really not wear a condom (laughs) (laughs) uh no um anyway my lock is going to be what i assumed gianna's lock is but now i'm it's forcing my hand I gotta lock Selena. Yeah. Bosh? I'm gonna lock something that I don't think is on anyone else's list. I I think before Nate did all of his homework, it was on his list, and I want it here. I don't want it to be misrepresented. I'm gonna lock The Dirt, the Monley Crew biopic. It's on mine, so... It's also on mine, so good luck. Just said it. I, I watched 11 movies in prep for this, and I had already seen 24 of like i put put together a list of like 40 of these movies and now i have seen all of them <laughs> i i really uh really need to chill out get another job anyway um <laughs> uh, speaking of which i applied to the new york post i don't know if i told you guys about that but oh wow nice you did not oh the post too no not that post a less credible post not yet (laughs) i have to lock amadeus here i feel like most of y'all ain't seen this shit so very fair it needs to be on this fucking list and in my opinion quite high amadeus is my lock yeah i didn't see it i've read the play that's fairly similar we're gonna take turns saying what everyone's number 10 is and then uh probably make a decision from there so I, i think like 
yeah, everyone just saying what their 10 is. And then uh, we'll we'll pick a movie. Maybe it's the one that comes up the most. Maybe it's one of the locks that we're like, okay, it, it's here. There. Alden, what is your number 10 music bio? Oh, man. I love how every question is like a weighted and heavy question to Alden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like he's like dragging his dog out back and shooting it every single time. I haven't seen 10 of these. So the pianist. Wait a second, Alden, you didn't see enough movies for the list? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen, like you said earlier, I feel like uh, I feel the same way where I know I've seen some of these, but I can't remember them at all. Damn, man, that's crazy. Coming from me, I didn't expect that. That's how I feel for my bottom five is that they're movies that I remember, but I don't. Not well. Yeah. My top five is pretty clutch, though. I'm confident with my upper part of the list, but the lower part, not at all. My list is a fucking mess. I definitely wasn't tossing and turning for three hours last night coming up with my list. All right, Gianna, what do you have at number 10? Um, I have The Runaways. Um, yeah, I rewatched it, some of it yesterday, and I was really like, why did I like this movie so much when I was younger? Um, and probably the main reason was Kristen Stewart was in it. It's not bad, and I do really enjoy Joan Jett and, uh, what's her name, Shuri, what's her face? Sherry um, Curry. Yeah. So, I, I went with that. I think, I think number 10, like, that's a fine spot for it. I personally, it didn't make the cut for me. It was one I was in contention for at number 10. Jory, what is your number 10? My number 10 is Get On Up. Also in contention. Yeah, this was another one that I don't remember especially well. I remember really liking it. Um, I did think that it was a little, it was paced kind of weird. It felt like I was on a coke binge while I was watching it because I couldn't remember anything and things seemed to be moving along extremely fast. But um, I think Chadwick Boseman did an incredible job as he always does. And I think that it's a solid movie. Extremely solid movie and an extremely solid performance in the movie as well. Josh, what do you have as your number 10? Here we go again, Jory. My number 10 is Get On Up. Wow. It's the movie out of the top 10 that I remembered the least. Not even sure if I've seen this entirety of this movie, but I really I really liked it. I really like the scene where um he's singing like, I feel good at like this Christmas party thing. And he has an internal monologue and he's like, hell no, this is a honky hoedown <laughs> that it like marches to an actual concert. <laughs> Rip Chadwick. Indeed. Finally watched the whole thing last week for the first time. It's called I'm Not There. It's uh, the story of Bob Dylan, but they ne none of the characters are named Bob Dylan. And it's portrayed by six different actors playing six different parts and personas embodied of Bob Dylan. It's a very, very odd movie, but I can't really think of a better way to go about telling a musician as, as strange as Bob Dylan in narrative form yeah this movie only made my list because of how experimental it is i really think that kate blanchett uh playing early 60s bob dylan was like one of the highlights well now i have to watch it <laughs> um other people that play uh bob dylan in this movie you've got heath ledger you've got uh uh, Christian Bale, uh, Richard Gere, like incredible cast, all playing the same character, just at different stages. Re really underrated movie, but at the same time, it's also like lacking in the narrative department because it kind of does like this chapter thing and the chapters are kind of out of chronological order and they're more like little vignettes. They're not really full 
stories or instances and you don't really see much of like his career it's kind of just like i don't know it's very weird it feels more like you're reading a book than watching a movie and uh in all honesty i think it could have been like another hour longer and it's already three hours this would have been a prime mini series i think i've always been interested in this one i don't like i don't need this to make our list personally i just really wanted to talk about it a bit yeah you sold me on it to like check it out. Mm-hmm, definitely. Are we still waiting on Alden's ten, or did I just? Forget? No, no, no. He said the pianist is his number. The pianist is a great movie. It just has so little to do with like the musician, and it's definitely more about the Holocaust. Like, if we ever do a, a ranking Holocaust movies, it's probably my number one. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but uh... yeah, I think that that subject is a little too heavy for this show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> bet <laughs> don't say that josh <laughs> a podcasting i compared schindler's list to the golden state warriors yeah i mean from like a i know it has nothing to do with the movie but with like recent events and like um i don't know if it's chadwick's best performance i think his best performance is still 42 to me yeah i agree i agree we still gotta see ma rainey's uh black bottom though that's true he's got one more in him I guess that we should vote between what we all got. So, Runaways... Knock it out. It's gone. Or is there any of the five, straight out of Compton, The Line, Selena, The Dirt, or Amadeus that we feel belongs here? Um, I have all five of the locks on my list, and none of them are at the number 10 spot. I think we can hold on to our locks at least one more round, personally. Yeah. And if we're between Get On Up and Runaways... It sounds like we already have two votes for Get On Up. So that's fine by me. Yeah. I, th- I think it deserves... I think number 10 is a good place for it. Runaways for the first time in preparation for this. And I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the casting was, like, like really good. Like, this was kind of, like, the first time I think Kristen Stewart was, like, good in a movie. Uh, and I'm surprised it didn't get talked about more at the time. Because it was, like, in the middle of Twilight movies. Yeah, it was, like, right smack dab in the middle of, I think, the last two movies unfortunately that's probably why it wasn't talked about more at the time all right so it sounds like number 10 is get on up all right alden you picked uh you got to go first this time this past time so we'll have gianna lead but i'm expecting miles ahead to be in your top 10 (laughs) (laughs) well so my number nine is the dirt um i did really enjoy the movie there are just other ones that i liked more yeah, I think that's fair. Um, my list is a bit of a uh, bit of a hodgepodge, a bit of a clusterfuck. So I'm gonna say this movie at number nine, but I do really love this movie. Straight out of Compton is my number nine. This is a movie that I I don't know if it should actually make the list, but I re- I really enjoyed the uh, movie um, when I was younger. I haven't rewatched it in a while, so I don't know how much it's like aged like well to me. But uh, Eight Miles, my number nine. I think it's a little uh, it's a little interesting of a choice. It's not truly a biopic, but it very much is like a based on a story. It's about him, yeah. Uh, my number nine is also The Dirt. I uh, really like this movie, and I think it uh, it's a lot of fun. Like some of these movies are kind of like a drag, and then there's always like the really like depressing third act or late second act in these movies. Um, and I think that the dirt, like it hits that emotional beat, but it still stays fun. Like you get to the end of this movie and it kicks ass. And I really like that. Like you can tell it has the band's blessing behind it too. I also think 
Jeff Tremaine as the director, the guy who's like known for doing the Jackass movies to do a music biopic was like a fantastic choice. I also think they do a great job of focusing on all four members of the band. I just think there's something about it that feels a little cheap. It feels like a Netflix original. And why is this the best thing Machine Gun Kelly will probably ever do in his career? <laughs> I don't know, man. His new album's pretty good. Yeah, I do like his new album, actually. Is it better than The Hurt? I think it'd be really funny to see a Machine Gun Kelly, uh, actually like a music biopic on Eminem, where Machine Gun Kelly plays. <laughs> <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly, like, I was genuinely, like, surprised and the um i can never remember his name uh douglas booth who played nikki sticks i think was awesome yeah i think he was the real standout of the movie um but machine gun kelly was like extremely serviceable and i also really like uh i think his name was like ewan or iwin uh ran who plays mick mars in the movie it's one of those biopics too where um i think it's one of those really good ones if you're not like I guess a fan of Monley Crew. I think this movie like is still really entertaining and it might get you like into Monley Crew. Like I've shown friends this movie and after like they checked out like their albums or like my friend Kevin, for instance, I showed him the dirt like two months ago and the guy went as Nikki Sticks for our Halloween party. They're like, Whoa, this song Doctor Feel Good is really good. How come that wasn't in the movie? <laughs> All right, Alden, what's your number nine? Uh my number nine's Selena. Whoa. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah i i have selena a little bit higher not too much so i'm not gonna have the the blowback that the rest of the panel did but if we're being honest yeah which it's fine but it's one of the ones that i don't remember too well i feel that i i i could i could see the reasoning for why it's at your number nine i had it here at one point when making my list i think the dirt probably belongs here it sounds like we we uh are kind of in agreement on that yeah i don't i don't disagree with the dirt but i did have it higher uh where was it on yours josh it was actually wild take my my number one damn wow, wow. It's wild it's, it's, it's my favorite movie about a uh a band i think it's tremendously like rewatchable to me well it sounds like you and Alden both have it higher than Selena. Do we want to make an argument for that now? Well, one spot higher than Selena. <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> Selena's going over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't argue that. I love that for us. <laughs> Something uh nice to say about the dirt though. Like what Nate was saying before about how like a lot of these movies they have like the bummer like late second act or third act. But I think that what's great about the way that the dirt does the same like all right, now we're getting clean addiction is bad arc is that it's kind of present the entire time while they're having fun with the movie. Like, it's showing, like, what rock stars actually do and shit. But then when it comes time to, like, all right, clean up, you kind of have this just, like, big moment before it slows down and then getting clean for them doesn't end the movie like it does for a lot of these. They still continue and they find success, like, now clean, which I think is really cool. Like, normally I feel like when rock stars or music musicians, like, aren't involved in the music making or the movie making process of their own movie, they like sugarcoat like the shit you wouldn't want to hear. And these guys like they're like, yeah, it was fucking epic that we used to like snort cocaine and like piss in each other's mouths and shit like fuck it. 
hence the name like the dirt like they're just they're just spilling all the tea on them early on their early lives which i think is cool maybe this is a weird take but i think it's also like one of the better movies about just a group of bros if that makes sense like i genuinely believe like all four members like care about each other in a way yeah which is like other movies we'll talk about later i think like struggle with that a, a movie we won't talk about later bohemian rhapsody struggles with that <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think we're talking about it later. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Uh, I feel like that's because Bohemian Rhapsody suffers from a lot of the problems that we just pointed out. That it's really cool that like the dirt not embraces, but doesn't struggle from in the same way. Like it's based off of the writings of the band, and they weren't ashamed of like what they did in the past. But Bohemian Rhapsody is extremely sanitized, especially for the surviving members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Great greatest hits album, though. Yeah, great soundtrack. It's hard to not have a great soundtrack when you're making a movie about Queen, though. Yeah. True. I wonder what Rami Malek's career is going to be now. <laughs> uh, we'll see after No Time to Die. If that ever comes out. <laughs> the He's the, he's the Phantom of the Opera in No Time to Die. He's Dr. No. Dr. No, thank you. Dr. No Time to Die. Do you think we'll, like, reach a point at some time in society where we'll, start, we'll, like, instead of seeing, like, movies about, like, a band like The Dirt, we'll see, like, movies about podcasts, like, the, the team assembling? The Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Do you think we'll ever be that creatively bankrupt as a society? We very well might be. I'm trying to think of, like, podcast crews that would become like as big as a band like i'm thinking like my brother and my brother and me but that would be boring when i if i go bald i'm really excited to uh star as joe rogan in the joe rogan biopic (laughs) (laughs) you could just shave your head you're gonna put a cursed hairpiece on you just like they did for vin diesel in that movie does that mean i'm gonna be uh young jamie (laughs) yeah I gotta work on my uh, voice acting skills so that I can be Ben Shapiro. Wow, that sounds horrible. We should never make that. Let me tell you something, my dear. Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Vaccines do, though. Vaxxers don't care about your feelings. Number eight. Uh, Jory, what is your number eight? I think I might get some pushback on this one as well. Don't take it personally. My list is a clusterfuck. Number eight is The Doors. Oh, wow. Mine too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will change my number eight in a heartbeat. I'm not sticking to it. <laughs> That's okay. Can <laughs> I say my number eight next? Maybe Joy will agree with me. Maybe he won't. Uh, my number eight is Jersey Boys. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The only reason that I wouldn't say Jersey Boys here is because I would try to get it higher if there was any possibility of that. <laughs> I felt like there was no possibility of getting it higher with, like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a musical first before, like, a biopic, but it's, like, it's a... It's also, I think, a really good movie about, like, the creation of the Four Seasons. Like, I was genuinely surprised as somebody who's a really big fan of the Broadway show. I saw it on Broadway. It's my favorite show that I think I've seen on Broadway. And, um... That's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you see Shrek the Musical on Broadway? I was about to say, I was like, <laughs> Spider-Man, turn off the dark. My standards are pretty low. <laughs> you say it's a musical first, but I feel like the the movie kind of doesn't really feel like a musical because they're not really singing not until the very end <laughs> yeah no not until the very end where they do a dance number and like a curtain call but um before that like they're only singing in ways that like feel natural for a biopic and it kind of translates what is a broadway musical into a traditional biopic in a really great way yeah and i really like the cast i like that they um 
took the original cast and um the the age might be a little jarring kind of like how the rent movie was and um but i i don't think it was as like jarring as like a rent like um yeah in the beginning it's a little weird that frankie valley's supposed to be like 18 years old and dude looks like he's like 35 that dude's got a baby face i knew somebody in high school that looked exactly like him and i made fun of him for it all the time i feel like jersey boys could have been a great movie and i think it's close it's certainly an entertaining movie it kind of in a lot of ways similar to the doors it feels cheaper than the story should be like i don't buy the period i don't buy the setting i buy the performances and i i love like the 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 four seasons as a group and i think it, it it actually what jory was saying is i think it does feel better like a like a band origin story type thing than it does as a musical. I think it, I think it would have been stronger if it leaned into biopic or musical a little harder. It just, it feels like very vanilla directing and you'd expect more from Clint Eastwood. It's, um, it's also fun to go into that movie to show people like that don't know like anything about the four seasons other than like some songs. Like I remember like my dad was like, wait, wait, they were into this. Like they were, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they broke up because of that they broke up because of the mob frankie valley had to go touring to pay off tommy devito's like mafia money and tommy devito peed in the toilet <laughs> or peed in the sink <laughs> tommy devito peed in the toilet did we have a conversation that we are the four seasons and i am tommy devito and uh nate's frankie valley <laughs> i think jory's the songwriter and alden's the one that rage quits i said tommy what do you do in the toilets right there he said this was closer uh my number eight's also very controversial this is where i have selena Ooh. Ooh. i love the movie a lot no 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 <laughs> it's more entertaining than it is like actually good and i do agree in terms of like timing and things like really bold to make a movie this soon after the like real tragic passing of like a really young musician like someone who had a huge career ahead of her yeah i don't know this movie feels probably like the most dated out of a lot on here and that could be due to the quick turnaround and like the time it came out like late 90s like a lot of movies from that time are a little dated just because like it's the end of the shot on film era and the beginning of the uh digital editing kind of i don't know there's just something about this film that just gives me that same kind of made for tv quality and it's not in the performances and it's certainly not in the soundtrack but it just feels cheap yeah i get what you mean it's very late 90s as far as presentation goes maybe it's just because i saw it on vh1 too many times it was so grounded though like you kind of like you kind of follow like the same cast throughout the story even though like the actors change but i don't know I didn't. I guess it didn't feel dated to me. I like the guy who plays her dad. He's really good. Was the mother in the beginning the mother from George Lopez? Because that was really bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the same actress through the whole movie. They just put a wig on her. Oh, really? It's the same actress throughout the whole movie? Yeah, it is. They just popped like a terrible red wig on her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the only character who changes, I think, is the person who plays young Selena. I think the rest of the cast stays the same. Yeah, like when they're little kids, yeah. I thought Selena's really great. This is it was a movie about like a um an artist that I barely knew about like her life and that and like learning how fast they like um released that movie. It felt like one of the more genuine biopics I've ever seen. Like it didn't seem like 
this was being made to just like make a profit like this family did want to tell her story yeah her dad was the one who produced it um when it came out so i think he was really just like get the information out there this happened like literally this week the the producers of the movie is suing a netflix series that's coming out about selena yeah they're trying to make it into a uh, netflix miniseries or a full i don't know one of those eight episode things netflix does yeah miniseries and i think the family's once again producing the series i could be wrong interesting i was gonna say i feel like out of all of these movies i feel like this one could be due for like a um like a not re- reboot but a remake like another pass at the same story to try and uh, like refine it a little because i think the story is fantastic and i think that the acting is fantastic too and that might be a little bit of a roadblock but the presentation it's very of its time they don't focus enough on like the kind of like stalker mentality and like her passing and why it's so tragic it just kind of like happens and then it's like here's some text on the screen and it's like now 20 years removed or 20 something years removed it would be i think even a more devastating gut punch to kind of get a little bit more of that documentary kind of like facts in there instead of just so much of it leaning into emotion yeah have you ever seen interviews about like the real woman who shot her yeah she's a fucking psycho and she gets off uh on uh parole next year no 2025 2025 thank you yes heckin yolanda we hate her all my homies hate Lo- yolanda this could be the next crime story season it really could be uh i think we've said everyone's number eight except gianna gianna what do you have here um so mine is definitely not going to be i don't even know if any of you have ever seen it nate you may have um but i have nowhere boy at number eight. Oh yeah yeah i watched that for the first time last week um it's not a bad movie it's really not i really like aaron johnson who plays john lennon i think he did a very good job with it um yeah that's why i have it on my list yeah he's like playing teenage future beatle john lennon it's a very very young john lennon uh is this the movie where uh aaron taylor johnson met his wife (laughs) she plays his aunt i believe my number eight is actually yesterday is that a biopic no in some weird alternate timeline it is is that the ed sheeran biopic Is Rupert Grint just going to play Ed Sheeran in a couple of years? I think Rupert Grint is too old to play Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I think he's actually older than Ed Sheeran. I think he, I think he played, oh, he didn't play him, but in a music video, I think I want to say Lego House. He was, it was off Ed's first album. He played kind of like a stalker in the music video, I want to say, where he dressed and looked just like Ed. Why do you know so much about Ed Sheeran? I just, I've seen that music video when I used to watch, like, VH1. Okay. VH1, like, two years ago. (laughs) We have two nominations for The Doors, uh, one for Jersey Boys, one for Selena, and one for Nowhere Boy. Um, Selena is a lock, so it does have to get placed. Uh, No one locked The Doors, but I do think it needs to be on this list. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel right now. But I know The Doors isn't the best movie on this list, but I feel like I feel like it's got to be a little, little bit higher, a little bit. I have it a lot higher, personally. I have it one higher. If we want to preserve the doors for at least one more round, how do we feel about placing Jersey Boys here? I don't think Jersey Boys needs to be on this list. <laughs> I don't either. I feel like the doors needs to be on this list, but if we're not placing the doors now, we have to choose from something else. 
Just quick question: is is straight out of comp? Is straight out of Compton anybody's top five? No, it just missed my top five. It's my number six. It's in mine. I would like to see straight out of Compton go a little bit higher. If my list wasn't organized the way it was, I probably would have tried to get in the top five. <laughs> I don't know if I would have actually been able to, though. You know what? Actually, never mind. Straight out of Compton would be okay here if you're trying to nominate that. I don't know. That's the one on my personal list that's kind of sticking out. I don't know. Even when we were talking about the doors and how it like gets every band member... Like, straight out of Compton kind of straight up ignores uh, MC Ren and DJ Yellow. I mean, but so does history. I was about to say, so does society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but, like, they're still band members. Like, I feel like if you're telling the story of NWA, like, they should be a little included. Yeah, like, if The Doors was just called Jim Morrison, my problems, half of my problems would be, like, obliterated. I, I disagree, because I think The Doors, the reason why the band never succeeded after Jim Morrison left was because so much of their story was him, at least in the media. And that's the one thing I think Oliver Stone gets extremely right about The Doors movie. I mean, their entire commercial success was him. So, why wouldn't you focus on him? And Val Kilmer is so fucking good in it dude he looks just like jim morrison and he sings just like jim Mor like it's probably the best casting out of anything on this list in my opinion i like i think i think uh, uh j-lo as uh selena is also pretty high up there but in terms of resemblance it's uncanny how much val kilmer looks like jim morrison speaking of resemblance though how about ice cube's son yeah <laughs> yeah I, I personally think both of those movies need to go a bit higher uh, and I know I'm in like sitting in unpopular boat here with putting Selena this low. Uh, it's funny because like Selena is one I've seen multiple times. It used to always be on TV when we were growing up, watched it in Spanish class uh, multiple times in high school. I, I had finished watching 11 of these movies or whatever. And then I threw it on today in the background while I was editing a different episode of the show. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I moved it up two spots on my list. Like, I think the movie has so much heart and it tells its story so well. I guess maybe I can see the love for it going higher as well. Out of those three, I think Straight Outta Compton is the weakest. So maybe we place that here at eight. Yeah, as much as I don't want to do it to it because i love like i love both of these movies that i've seen i haven't seen the doors like yeah i think i agree and like jersey boys was on my personal list i didn't expect it to make the top 10 or anything if we had a top 15 i think i would have fought for it a little bit more it's a tight list boys and girls <laughs> this is nerve-wracking <laughs> it's crazy that it's this tight at number eight straight out of columbus crazy motherfucker named nate martin <laughs> Alden, do you object heavily to Straight Outta Compton going here at number eight? It was your lock. Kind of, but I feel like the majority is definitely for Selena here. Or for Selena to move on, I mean. Uh, NWA. Like, that's what really thrives in this story to me is, like, how politically conscious the music became because of them. Uh, there was obviously a few other acts as well, like Run DMC and things. But I think NWA was the first... Um, really con like politically and socially conscious rap music and they actually do a really good job showing that in this movie and i think that's a bigger picture kind of like larger story than the very like personal one in selena that that's just how i see it to me i think it's interesting because like straight out of compton kind of isn't sort of like what nate was saying it's kind of not just the story of the band um and just a little more focused than it's like the story of where the rap game was like before and after. I think it's kind of just the story of the rap game of like of the West Coast. 
because like to me i think of the west coast i think straight out of compton i think death row i think everything that dr dre did and this movie has it all for me straight out of compton to the kendrick lamar story it's one of the best underdog stories i've seen in a film it just it handles a lot really well paul giamatti is fantastic in this fucking movie um that's a big paul giamatti's fantastic in every fucking movie I'll even defend his performance in Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> That's the one thing I'll be like, you know what? Big fat liar? Come on. Dude's iconic. <laughs> Between Straight Outta Compton and Selena for me, I've seen Selena more. I've only seen Straight Outta Compton once. And out of all the times I've actually seen Selena, I don't remember it very well. And the one time I watched Straight Outta Compton, I remember very well. So My biggest thing with Selena being higher is um, not many of the movies on my list the roles were physically demanding for and i feel like selena was because j-lo had to do all of her dancing and all that and i mean j-lo has like a kick and body no matter what but specifically for that role because selena was also very very in shape i feel like she had to kind of be more physical than most of the other actors and actresses on this on like my list so that's why I kind of have it a little higher. But other than that... The only other similar performance to that that I can think of as being like that physically demanding was I would think like Rocket Man, Taron Edgerton throughout. And I would think of the one scene in Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it's crazy how well the hair and makeup department did specifically on her look. Um, the rest of the movie, it's a, it's a little questionable. The age makeup on the the father and mother is a little sus, but it, it, whatever. It's, it's the late 90s. The wigs... <laughs> But they really do make J uh, Lo look like Selena, and like you can have like side by side photos of her in the movie and like the outfits that she was wearing. Only that the real life Selena was only wearing two years before. It's it's uncanny, and I think like the pacing of Selena, you kind of understand that she's like playing these little like podunk fairs to then being a superstar. It's it's a cool and realistically to this day she is like the only successful woman in that specific genre of music. There haven't been many in I think it's it's like ten ten I'm gonna pronounce it wrong Tenejo music. It's like that Spanish Mexican like boppy kind of music. There aren't many women besides Selena who have had high success rates in that selena selena would have came out with despacito too selena would have came out with fuck despacito all my homies hate despacito all right do we want to put it to a vote here between straight out of compton and selena i'm i'm sticking with selena should go here i'm voting for straight out of compton here i'm voting for selena here straight out of compton crazy motherfucker named number eight jory went first that time josh what is your number seven what is my number seven I don't know. What is your number seven? A lot of my movies like have already been taken. I don't walk the line. Selena and Amadeus have been locked. So those three still need to be placed, which means only four other movies are getting put on this list. Oh, shit. Um, hmm. Josh about to ask, how good is Amadeus really? <laughs> yeah. In if which I, case, Nate's I... about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, Josh, if I didn't have a meme list, Amadeus would probably be my number one. <laughs> Josh, do you want me to go first so that I can take some of the heat off of you? Yeah, because I feel like it's just going to be controversial, whatever I say. I've said this so many times, my list sucks. Number seven is I Walk the Line. <laughs> 
Ooh. No. No. Jory, I don't think this list is accurate of your representations and feelings. No, it's not. But here's the thing. Now Josh can say whatever he wants. Because <laughs> it's not going to be worse than I walk the line at number seven. I, I'm just going to say... <laughs> God damn it. Like, I feel like this is a top five for you guys. Just say it. Just go. Just say it. I, I walk the line. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, he literally just said repeat. <laughs> as much as I love this movie, I think uh, if we're going to place it on this list, I think Rocket Man deserves to go here. Okay. I had it a little higher, but. Yeah. Quite a bit higher, but I think uh, Rocket Man does what it does really well. And I think Rocket Man is super unique as far as a music biopic goes in that it is. It's not a sanitized version of Elton John's story. It certainly could have gone a little more graphic in places, but I think that it does it very tastefully. But I also think that addition of a music biopic as a musical that we don't really see often. Yeah, it definitely commits harder than like that Jersey Boys adaptation that I questioned earlier. At my number seven, I'm probably the only person that has this movie on the list. Uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? Angela Bassett throws in one of like her career best performances she should have won the oscar that year uh the tina turner story is fantastic lawrence fishburne playing her abusive husband ike damn holy shit incredibly well done uh one of his better performances as well this is a 1993 film so uh tina turner was alive and kicking helped produce the movie plays herself in the movie as well a little later in life it's like a flashback she kind of narrates a little bit too this movie's uh one that his oh I've always known about and I had seen scenes from, but I had never watched it all the way through until making this list. And I really think that this uh elevated the the subgenre that is the music biopic or musician biopic from that point moving forward. I don't think we'd see films like Rocket Man without it. And uh Angela Bassett's arms are fucking incredible in this movie. She got like jacked for this role. Like she was like, I gotta play the powerhouse Tina Turner, I gotta get tossed around by Lawrence Fishburne. Like, I need to bulk up for this shit. I wish my arms looked like hers, bro. And that's that's coming from me. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is one of those cool, like, oh, it's like she's going down, like this is like the falling action, like real depressing shit's about to happen. And she's got this fight with uh lawrence fishburne in the back seat of this limo and uh that like he hits her and then she just like beats the shit out of him <laughs> and then they like go like it, it hard cuts and it almost is played comedically it's like a hard cut into the hotel lobby and they're both like bleeding and like bruised and shit and it's like it tells this story in a very like i don't want to say like predictable way it hits all the major beats that every like movie on this list hits for the most part it feels more tonally honest with like how it actually played it's not melodramatic it's kind of what creates the cliches that would come later yeah absolutely that's that's how i feel about it number seven on my list honestly i'd be fine with a certified nate martin pick going on the list yeah i kind of uh just the casting of this movie alone i'm kind of sold and then nate's uh plea for it i'm down to see this go on whoa <laughs> after after the video game uh after the video console video game console video we gotta throw nate a bone <laughs> <laughs> my number seven is probably a movie again that i'm confident i'm probably the only one that has seen um because i'm weird but it's uh lovey and rose the edith piaf oh i fucking love that movie i wanted to put it on my list but i didn't want to get yelled at for being pretentious and having a french movie on here 
it, it is in French, and that is something that a lot of people have a hard time getting over because if you do watch it, you know, subtitles. But I do really enjoy... I don't mind subtitles. I just hate the French. <laughs> I really enjoy... It's, it is like a rags to riches story. Like she went from singing in the streets in France to being probably one of the most notable French singers, performers ever. Well, it's Marion Cotillard. Yeah, this is the movie that introduced Marion Cotillard to American audiences. It won Best Foreign Film, I believe. Um, it's incredible. And Best Actress. I had it on my list at one point and I took it off because I saw a movie that was very similar to it in terms of like the rags to riches story in the coal miner's daughter for the first time in preparation for this. And I was like, Whoa, this almost feels like the French remake of gold miner's daughter. And then they kind of can't. That movie is also on my list. Yeah. It's ironic. You say that because that's at my number seven. I'm so happy to hear that that made people's list. I did. I left it off. Cause I was like, I can't be the contrarian the whole episode. Sissy Spacek was great in that movie so you guys have seen both of them too or at least you have gianna D don't you feel like beat for beat it's like almost the same story pretty much yeah it goes between like abuse and all of that you know um i do think coal miner's daughter has had there are so many like remakes and retellings and they actually last year just did one with two broadway uh people and it was like loretta lynn and um patsy klein it was like called like loretta and patsy or something it wasn't very good yeah, it was a lifetime movie, but Bonjour. Um, I'm trying to decide between these movies that I haven't seen. Let me look up uh, some IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes reviews. No, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna stick with my pick for what's love got to do with it, just because um, I love Tina Turner, I love uh, Angela Bassett, I love Lawrence Fishburne. I feel like I would really love this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I also think having uh a French movie on this list is really bold and I kind of like it. I agree. I'm not going to pretend that I'm in that demographic. <laughs> well, it's French or country. <laughs> French or country. Hmm, when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> French or country and then Tina Turner's out here like... French, country, or Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. That's fine with me. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. What do you think, uh, Martin? I mean, yeah, that's what I placed here. And I, yeah, I mean, all of these movies that we're talking about were in discussion for this exact spot. I don't know. I, I don't know what it, like, what really struck me with uh, What's Love Got to Do With It. But to me, it felt very similar to... Coal Miner's Daughter in terms of it being like a relatively older movie because I feel like a lot of these movies are pretty modern that has everything that I want in this type of movie but also focuses on like what I was talking about earlier of like that rise to power and like rise to success that I love about these movies and that I like find the most enjoyable um, and then like what I find the least enjoyable about these very like repetitive type movies in like the falling action and in like oh like their careers going to shambles and things the way that they portray it in this movie doesn't upset me like it does in other movies of this genre that i even like more um there is no depressing second act the way that these characters interact with each other and grow and mature and separate all feels really organic and i i can't really say the same about the other two like, they definitely strive for it, but just whether it be too dated or a little too 
heavy handed. It just feels like, oh, this is like the beat where this thing happens because it always happens in this type of movie. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I got to stick with my gut and say, what's love got to do with it here at number seven? I can't believe Angela Bassett didn't win this role, like win the Academy Award for this this role. Nate, can I ask you one question about this movie? Is there any Mad Max Thunderdome scenes? <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it is like th there is like uh a mention of tina going off and doing like movies and shit oh shit so you could watch this movie and then immediately watch beyond thunderdome and it would be like holy shit <laughs> i never really realized how old tina turner is like i know that sounds really weird but like my entire life i remember watching like snl uh like reruns and shit and they're like poking fun at like tina turner like this lady was born in 1939 people like she's she's old damn tina turner's 80 the musical is is quite grand as well the cast is like stunning it's yeah one of megan's friends that she interviewed was in it so what's love got to do with it number seven number eight is straight out of compton number nine is the dirt and ten is get on up nice you know i feel pretty good about it. so that means josh to you what is your number six My number six is i don't want to get bombarded again josh we didn't bully you at all we just were like okay we need to come up with something else probably moved on and jory changed his mind from walk the line to rocket man <laughs> uh I don't want to be that guy and just say walk the line again and then everybody like disagrees. I don't want to. Well, you could talk about it a little bit more. I'd like to hear why you have it here. I don't have it that much higher, if I'm being honest. I do. I don't I don't think walk the line's bad or anything. I just it's just the the other um, movies above it. I, I enjoy more. And I think that's more of a bias. Music biopics are really tough where. If I really like the artist going in. um that might give it more of a push to like make it into the top five. Like I really like Ellen John. I really like the doors. I really like Motley Crue. I think Selena making it really high on my list because that was an artist that I didn't know much about going in, but I really wanted to learn more about her. And I think that's why she made or that movie made such a push on the list. But yeah, I mean, walk the line still a really good movie. Um, you know, the best Joaquin Phoenix performance until Joker 2019 came out. Am I right, Jory? Yeah. No, actually. But, um... Please watch The Master. Yeah, The Master was better. But, um... The Master's so good. I didn't finish The Master yet, though. No spoilers. Um, I feel like Walk the Line... To me, it's up there in those S-tier uh, movie music biopics, where it's like... Sure, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't really like physically embody Johnny Cash, but it kind of doesn't matter because he has his mannerisms and the way that he sang so well down. And he just turns in like like what we were saying, one of the greatest performances of his early, I don't want to say early, but his career before he like became who we know him to be now. I think Reese Witherspoon is also really good in it. To me, I Walk the Line is up there with like Ray and Amadeus me and like the mm -hmm. music biopics that i feel are unironically good and not just like the middle tier of my list because i wanted to be an asshole yes uh what jory said i have it kind of like uh one row higher i guess in this case um i do think it hits those beats that i was saying like the really predictable like oh here's him at his height oh he's head over heels over someone and the relationship is toxic and then here's the slow like failure that it is but i mean of all the artists to tell that story with i mean johnny cash is probably like one of the more tragic stories 
I think that, again, like the supporting cast is kind of what elevates this movie for me, because if it was just that one solid performance, like we see in a lot of these movies as that main artist, it's like, OK, yeah, he it's just a movie where uh, Joaquin Phoenix flexes on everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I believe his dad's played by Robert Patrick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From Terminator 2 yeah. throws in a career best performance here. Reese Witherspoon's incredible in this movie. So happy she won an Academy Award for it. Like one of the better supporting actress roles I can think of in terms of how the character's written and especially being both a product of her time and kind of like, I don't want to say like, like a feminist writing character, but she's a really strong female character in a time where like in movies, especially like these, it's not too super common to see in that supporting role. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I have it a bit higher. I, I do like walk the line. I, I also think it has a lot more like holes I could poke in than other music biopics, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't think this would be terribly too low at number six, personally. Yeah, not terribly. Just, like, a tad. For me, very low, but... Yeah, for me, it's also very low. Well, Alden, you grew up in, like, Virginia, right? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Okay, so, you know, country music. I wouldn't say that country is big in the area I grew up in, though. It's below the Mason-Dixon line. It was pretty big in Ohio, and we were above the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm from, like, an area that Taylor Swift came out of and tried to be a pop country singer. <laughs> At number five, I have Love and Mercy, which is the story of the Beach Boys' Brian Wilson. And this film, narratively, is really interesting, because, like, I'm not there, it has two, it has, like, a dual performance, um, but it, like, hops back and forth instead of being just, like, a chapter by chapter thing paul dano plays uh brian wilson as he's like writing the band's magnum opus album pet sounds which is the only beach boys album worth going to in the year 2020 um it's fantastic it's the best work they ever did and you then see them fall apart after that success and the way that it happens is really really like unique to this story and then you have later in life john cusack playing the same character and then you're slowly learning why he's like the way he is and why the band has moved on without him and why he has this like paranoid schizophrenic kind of mindset and it's it's a really good movie but it's also like really weird because like i never buy that john cusack isn't john cusack but i totally buy that paul dano is brian wilson so it's like it's it's weird but it's really, really good. But Paul Giamatti is also in it. Paul Giamatti is even better in this than he is in Straight Outta Compton. It might be one of his best supporting roles, which says a lot because he's the king of that. It's also written by the same guy who did I'm Not There. So I think that's also part of the reason why it's got that same kind of like weird feel of being two chapters of a person's life. But in presentation, I think it's really unique. And the scenes of them making pet sounds is actually fantastic like fans of the beach boys fucking love this movie because of how accurately they show um the process behind their music specifically that one album thanks i guess the reason i wouldn't like fight super hard to keep it on this list is it doesn't really feel like a full biopic it feels like two little episodes of a person's life so like the reason like why we admitted things like uh, the the pianist and eight mile was like oh, this isn't really, like, the big picture about the artist. This is about, like, one part of their life. 
Um, so I could see this being omitted in that same way. Um, Alden, do you also have a nomination here? Uh, through all this, I forgot the number. We're on six. Six. Yeah, I had get on up here, but that's already placed, isn't it? So you have Miles of Miles Ahead here, the movie that's d- written, directed, and starring Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. That's what's here. Wow. I can't argue for it, but it's here. <laughs> Ewan McGregor is in it. Oh, incredible. Gianna, what'd you put at number six? <laughs> this is where I had the doors. I was also going to say the doors here again, just to, so that we don't forget about it. Yeah, so we can break on through to the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so that this can be the end. The only end, my friends. <laughs> I do want to see the doors on this list. Absolutely. I feel like if we don't place it here, it's going to go a little too high, and we're not going to be able to place the movies that we really want in like the top four, top five. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the doors movie was the movie I wanted to place in the top four, top five? <laughs> well, then you'll be sad. <laughs> it's all right, Josh. We'll be sad together. The doors is the movie. The movie out of all of these that I've seen the most. It's the one that I'll go back to, and I think it's like. It's an Oliver Stone movie, so it's longer than it needs to be. But I love every minute we get to see of these characters' lives. And uh, I, th- I think as a story, like, it, I'm never bored. Like, they, it might be slow-paced, but it's like you're learning about what it was like to live and work with Jim Morrison. Or you're, like, seeing uh, almost a whole concert set play out and these cops rushing the stage and this guy, like, on every drug you can imagine who thinks he's the king of lizards or whatever. It's just... I'm the fucking lizard king. I fucking vibe with The Doors more than any of these movies, so I have it high high too. There's a lot of love for Selena, so I don't know how high it can go. I, I think I'd rather see it at number six than omit it entirely. I'm with Jory there. If we are seeing a push for The Doors to go one higher, even if it is only by two members of the panel, I would like to see it go higher in that case so i would be perfectly fine with something else going here probably not miles ahead though <laughs> yeah miles ahead's <laughs> a joke uh yeah i have the doors above selena if that's any consolation i won't be sad if selena goes there i'll just be disappointed i'll be sad and angry <laughs> and disappointed yeah I, I think josh has selena higher than he has the doors i think the doors might be going here the Doors is one spot lower than Selena. My top three eight make top five. Does anybody have anything else besides Selena or The Doors to nominate here? Uh, I mean, I have Coal Miner's Daughter on my list, but I feel like that should get omitted since we did establish that it is very similar to some of the other movies that are list-worthy. All my picks are, like, movies that had to be, like, in the bottom three. Like, they're not ones that should be, like, in this place. Yeah, this wouldn't be a horrible spot for Coal Miner's Daughter if we are going to put it on this list. But it's one of those things where, is is the doors make the list? Is, like, is... Because I'd be cool with Rocket Man going here, because I feel like I'm the one who appreciates that movie the most. I Yeah, I only have... I have Rocket Man just one higher. I have Rocket Man at five. I have Rocket Man higher, but if you're willing to place it, I don't even have Rocket Man on my list, so if we are gonna place it, I'd like to see it here. <laughs> Rocket Man is in my top five. Oh. Okay. I guess Rocket Man can't go right here either. Foiled again. This is what happens when Josh doesn't appreciate Walk the Line. Have you guys seen Behind the Candelabra? Yes, I have, and it's not on my list. 
I do really like it, though. And then the only other movie I have that, like, we haven't really talked about is Ray, but it needs to be much higher. Ray is at my number six, but we know how my list is organized. <laughs> we could put we could put the pianist here, guys. I, I have Ray at number four. I have Ray at three. Does no, what does everybody have at number six? I have Straight Outta Compton at number six. The Doors. I already said, but I have Get On Up. Oh, I have Walked the Line. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're so all over the place. I didn't want to have to do it, but fuck it. This is the easiest way. We're going with the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it the easiest way? I, I think it might be the easiest way. Yes, it's the easiest way. If you insist. I do insist. All my picks got Thanos snapped. I can't make that huge of an argument for the doors because I think it is kind of a flawed movie, but I, I personally love everything about it. Guys, you have Meg Ryan when she was still charming and not creepy pre-plastic surgery meg ryan like this is this is kino yeah i like the way it looks a lot but i don't remember any of it the doors has uh it's got a kino thanksgiving scene up there with the first spider-man movie you have a michael madsen performance where it isn't in a tarantino movie that alone should elevate it for you guys yeah but so does telltale's the walking dead season two <laughs> guys kyle mclaughlin from twin peaks is in this Ooh, now you're talking val kilmer or Boy. I mean, it's it's not not making the list. It's okay. It it's a sleeper pick to put in your top three, like me and Josh. I I agree with it fundamentally, but just like I don't know what else we're gonna put at number six. Damn, Val Kilmer was really the Robert Pattinson of the '90s, was? I hope not, because I hope Robert Pattinson ends up getting the appreciation while he's still working. Yeah, I don't think Val Kilmer ever had a movie in his uh in his deck like Good Time or The Lighthouse. Tbh. Um, Batman <laughs> Forever. <laughs> jory what are the similarities between batman forever and the lighthouse they both make me feel insane while i'm watching them that's fair they both feel like eldritch horrors that make me go insane with forbidden knowledge that man should never know well on that and kiss from a rose is in batman forever imagine imagine if kiss from a rose was in the lighthouse it should play during the scene where uh, Willem Dafoe jerks off on his face. <laughs> okay, that's enough Lighthouse discussion here for the music biopic list. We are moving into the top five. There are three locks that need to be put on this list. Amadeus, Selena, Walk the Line, and we've got two other mystery movies that are going to be here in the top five. Ooh. Ooh. Personally, I, I, I can't really entertain the idea of Selena going higher than number five. I had number eight on here. I, I don't really know how high that's going personally. Um, how do we feel about Walk the Line going here? I have. I'd be sad. Ray is worse than Walk the Line. I'd be. I would sacrifice Selena for Walk the Line. Okay. So we're. Are we okay with Selena going at number five then? I could see Selena or Ray here personally if you want selena to go higher i would drop ray between the two if we're being honest with each other i think ray is a better movie than selena i mean i definitely agree between like the rest of what we have here i also agree that ray is the weakest movie like structurally and from a writing standpoint and it's really the uh the performance by jamie fox that takes it like exactly as far as it goes so um i would like to see ray eke out a little higher but i would be cool with selena going here I haven't seen Ray. Uh, Josh, it is probably Jamie Foxx's best performance. It, no, it, there is no probably. It definitely is Jamie Foxx's best performance. Okay, I just couldn't think of, I couldn't think of all of them. 
I mean, it's either that or Uncle Moneybags or whatever the fuck his name is and Annie. <laughs> Daddy Warbucks. Oh, uh, yeah. Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Uncle Moneybags. <sighs> no, that's the Monopoly guy. <laughs> Jamie Foxx is starring in the Monopoly movie. Yo, that would be kind of high. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> Jamie Foxx plays a New York real estate mogul. <laughs> Ray is a... I would consider it like a structurally sound movie. It's solid. I don't think that the writing alone and the structure would be great if Jamie Foxx were not in it. But Jamie Foxx's performance is so fucking good. If we're being honest, the reason I was like able to put a movie like The Doors into my top three was like the pure entertainment value that I get from it. Ray's a great movie and it has a great performance in it. But I'm not going to lie, I'm never watching that movie again. I can't think of a time where I'm going to be like, yes, I really want to watch the Ray Charles biopic with a really great performance from Jamie Foxx. And I'd rather watch Selena. At least Selena has like a really entertaining ride and it's not like kind of moody and depressing through. Like, yeah. Damn, I like rewatching Ray. <laughs> I like seeing like Ray Charles like get over like him, like his like disability and stuff like that. But the way it's portrayed, it feels like more moody than it is as like great as his music is like they don't focus on how truly talented the guy was it's more of like i don't know just like it just doesn't have the same heart to me it just feels like it's the scene where regina king his side hoe tells him that she's pregnant and he busts out with hit the road jack in the middle of the monologue that's a really good scene <laughs> i think there are scenes like that throughout like sure it has like the moments where like oh ray's like blind and black and in the 40s and like in the 50s <laughs> like everything sucks for him but then it also has moments where he's like listen i don't give a fuck i'm gonna get over on you like where um the manager that he has in the beginning of the movie like he finds out that they're stealing money from him and he kind of just like walks out in the middle of like cooking fried chicken in the pitch black house <laughs> josh uh what's his name warwick davis is in this movie oh shit <laughs> and he gives and he uh starts ray on smoking weed warwick davis star of willow you know who else was in willow val kilmer you know what got placed at number six <laughs> <laughs> Val Kilmer's career. R.I.P. To me, Ray. I think that J Lo had it in her to bust out a performance that was as amazing as uh, Jamie Foxx's in Ray, but they didn't let her sing in that movie. And Jamie Foxx managing to sing exactly like Ray Charles in this movie is part of what elevates his performance as well. So I don't think that it's particularly the fault of the actress in the case of Selena, but I think that Jamie Foxx's performance in Ray is much better. I don't think jamie fox sang he played the songs but they had him sing with ray's live um performances josh we wouldn't have gold digger by kanye west without ray hang on i need to find this out now i did do some research <laughs> damn you're right yeah i knew that he he played all the songs because he yeah damn what the fuck? But then he sang in Gold Digger. <laughs> the only thing that would like put Ray higher than Selena for me is like playing a blind person is incredibly difficult just because as like we are all seeing people, you react to everything. So like I can't even though he has like sunglasses on for most of, you know, I can't imagine being in a film setting and having to play a blind person and having to play the piano and all of that that's the only thing that would like kick it higher 
the mannerisms are like so down too. like the way that he like leans back and like does that huge smile and like puts his arms like cross like Ray Charles did. Like, I think that's great. Like I can't even walk and chew gum. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a seriously incredible performance. Uh, it might've been a clown take to say it's not super rewatchable. I just think it's a little like, uh, I, I wouldn't be my first of these to go back to personally. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have gone back to walk the line multiple times, so I guess I shouldn't say that, but. I feel like it kind of rides the same boat as Walk the Line. Like that and Ray are kind of married, in my opinion, because they're so similar. Yeah, I agree. I feel like those two movies are like on par with each other and it's kind of up to personal taste. If I'm being honest, uh, Walk the Line is probably a little bit better because of what we were talking about before. The supporting cast is a bit stronger and uh, Reese Witherspoon actually gets stuff to do as a woman, whereas Carrie Washington is kind of just the wife that Ray cheats on. Yeah, it's like the most typical character. It's like, oh, here's like his sweet wife that like really cares about him. And then it's like, ah, but here's the side hell. (laughs) (laughs) Regina King is really good, though. I like her her character in this. She's a bit more than the typical side hoe. Yeah, I love Regina King and absolutely everything she's in. The only good thing about the Oscars that year were that she won Best Supporting for Beale Street. (laughs) Is there anything else we could see going here? Um, Because, like, I know we have two movies that aren't locks that we could see. And I think Ray kind of needs to make it. But Walk the Line and Selena are locks, so they could potentially go higher. It seemed like people wanted to see this go a little bit higher. But where do we, how do we want Rocket Man to fit in? Because I do think that Rocket Man should not be above like ray or walk the line or anything it it should not be above any of these so if rocket man's on here i think five's a good spot that's where i had it on my original list because it is great it is really great and it is very theatrical but i just have a soft spot for certain other ones yeah i like the uh the musical aspect rocket man takes blindsided me the first time i saw the movie because i had no idea that it was in it and then it was just like uh oh there's a child singing the bitches back yeah when when, when like, Ellen John as a child, like, goes on the fence or whatever and comes up as a teenager and it's that whole, like, big, like, dance sequence, I was like, yo, this is pretty tight. Yeah, I, I really like Rocketman for those kind of, like, like, musical beats. And especially since they didn't advertise it like that. They advertised it like it was another music biopic. We joked a lot uh, around the time of the release of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, but this almost felt like the MCU Phase 1 sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody in the trailers, but then it ended up being something completely different, and I think much better. And just so much better in every way. It's like, this is what I was expecting and hoping to get from Bohemian Rhapsody. Me too. Yeah, Was something of, like, using this this incredible uh like greatest hit soundtrack to tell the story of the artist's life and i was like we're getting that with queen they have some really great songs that could be like emotional moments and like under pressure plays and they use it in like the worst part of the movie david bowie wasn't even in the fucking movie it's like bruh you folded so hard especially if they were going to set up some sort of like connected universe music biopic thing that we were joking about but honestly would be really cool to see i agree they like pay lip service to elton john in bohemian rhapsody and then in uh, rocket man they talk about the beach boys and i was like yo it's that next i thought mike myers was gonna be the nick fury of uh... <laughs> <laughs> i'm putting together a special team because another movie i watched for this list was called control which is the story of one of my all-time favorite bands joy division and i hadn't heard about this movie for fucking years and i'd always wanted to watch it 
um, the main character, uh, uh, who is Ian Curtis, who he was suffering with epilepsy as well as like alcoholism, which if you know anything about epilepsy, alcohol is like one of the things that triggers it in the same way that like strobe lights could uh, potentially do that. I found the movie incredibly relatable on that front, but the record producer uh, of that movie is the same character of 24 hour party people which is like a steve coogan performance which is really fucking great about the record behind joy division and also other like british invasion acts of like the um the late 70s early 80s in terms of that like new wave sound this was what vinyl could have been if they just made it a movie <laughs> bastards but yeah um so how does everybody feel about rocket man going at number five i wouldn't want to see it any higher personally i do like the movie i'm good with that i'd like to see it higher but i'm not gonna fight it too hard i don't think that it can get any higher yeah that's okay here so it, i think we have our top four we just need to figure out the order we've got three of our locks left we've got uh walk the line selena and amadeus and then ray was being heavily talked about as well yeah i feel like this is gonna shake out this way so is Ray going to go at number... Or no, Selena going to go at number four? I'm okay with that. I, I mean, at this point, we've elevated Selena so much higher than other movies that I, like, I almost want to make a case for it. The alternative to me, if if Selena doesn't go at number four, Selena is getting number one. I have it at number two, but four is fine with me. I don't want to like repeat a point, but like Selena... like. I don't know, it just feels like the most genuine out of these biopics. You look at, like, I don't know, you hear, like, the the stories of the band, like, helped write the script or help the characters at the end of the day a lot of these a lot of these movies are made when the band has long gone retired and they could use a quick buck if we're being, like, totally honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, and I guess, like, Selena, like, it, it was so recent after the tragic event and like you could tell like this was a this was a future superstar and it just it can't happen now but they they wanted the story to be told and i think that's just really admiring and i think that's something we really got to put into consideration uh you want to hear some good news the guy who wrote love and mercy and i'm not there is making a kurt cobain movie Ooh. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, the script just got bought uh hasn't been like um released yet but courtney love gonna get ousted i hope they don't mess it up done a good job of it being extremely accurate historically the first two so courtney love is gonna kill him so courtney love will kill him i think we're gonna see multiple people play kurt cobain which would be interesting because of how short his life was it's gonna be weird seeing like have you guys seen montage of heck uh no it was a pretty good uh documentary about kurt cobain's life it's got a bunch of like uh recorded footage that he made of himself like journal entries a bunch of stuff like that home video footage the only one of these movies that feels more artificial to me than uh uh selena in terms of execution would be walk the line it just because like it feels like i'm watching the movie version of johnny cash's life like it's not a dirty movie it's well polished like everything about it looks great like i i don't know i just i feel like it feels sanitized it does it does it feels clean it feels sanitized it doesn't feel like i'm watching this like truly like 
gritty person like at least with ray like the settings and the locations don't feel like like the like the safest place for a black blind man to be you know it's like there's definitely some some like riskier elements i guess like it feels more like it's the 1940s in scenes of that movie i hurt myself today josh why are you singing the song from the logan trailer that's also directed by the director of logan who <laughs> just really likes johnny cash shit i never put two and two together like that <laughs> i feel like the fact that they did it too soon i don't know that kind of sits weird with me i feel like they should have waited a little bit because like we said before like her death kind of comes out of nowhere and it's one of the most interesting parts of her story and they kind of can't do it well that soon after it yeah it was like the last 15 minutes of the movie and that was it where a story like selena could shine out over these other movies but I feel like a lot of these other movies have the benefit of, like Ray, for example, the other like, uh, like lower pick from this list. At least that encompasses uh, Ray Charles's entire life. He died like right before the movie came out, I believe. But like his whole career is like laid out there. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, so Selena's. <laughs> but Ray Charles's death isn't as big a part of his story as Selena's is. Yeah, Johnny Cash was still alive and kicking when Walk the Line came out. Yeah, but what else did he do after that? He made another cover, and then he pieced out. He said goodbye, cruel world. He said you can have it all. Do we want to put it to a vote then? What should go here at number four? Sure. Uh, I'll cast my vote first. I think I think it should be Selena. I'm gonna second Selena. I'm also gonna vote Selena. I could go for Selena. I, it doesn't matter, but I was gonna vote Walk the Line. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so our three movies left are Ray, Walk the Line, and Amadeus. Josh really wants Walk the Line here. He's been saying it for like four rounds. This is where, where I become a Walk the Line stan because I haven't seen the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> So what Jory was saying last round about it's either Selena or nothing, Josh just said the same thing with Walk the Line. Unfortunately for Josh, I'm pretty sure Walk the Line is going at number two. Amadeus is kind of the perfect music biopic for me for one reason. It like it has a dishonest narrator, and that's why the story's okay to be not the most historically accurate telling of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's life. Because it's the main character is... Salieri, who's his like biggest rival or so he thinks he's mozart's biggest rival but he wasn't even really on mozart's radar they're not even like comparable <laughs> exactly it's like they're not even like rivals like he's like oh yeah like you're there but it's not like i don't know it's like how kanye west views every other artist <laughs> like most accurate portrayals of someone who was like a child prodigy who then got all this fame and recognition, but is really like, this is the most rock and roll out of all these movies. He's just some like flamboyant womanizer who's like just doing whatever the fuck he wants. And it's set in like the period in which this guy's like still known to this day for composing some of the most beautiful music ever played in very traditional senses. The only thing that I can detract from uh, Amadeus at all is that Jeffrey Jones is in it. Yes. No, that wasn't what it was going to be. It was that that story isn't true. 
uh, Salieri and Mozart were contemporaries. They were friends. And there's no evidence of Salieri having the feelings towards Mozart that he does in the movie. I still think that the movie is done extremely well and the story is worth telling, but that's just not how it happened. And I think that it's still fine. I think it can still go at number one because of everything else that this movie offers. Ray and Walk the Line are both great movies. They're both best-in-class examples of uh, music biopics made in the mid-2000s, but I feel like Amadeus is also a best-in-class period piece as well. Yeah, I feel like it hasn't aged a day, too. Like, the movie holds up so well from being made in, like, 1984. And it's definitely, um, again, with, like, uh, musical adaptations, too, it's a better musical adaptation than Jersey Boys. Well play adaptation it's yeah it's a play but yeah live theater adaptation yes yes number one can't be anything but amadeus i feel like we're really talking about number two and number three or at least we should be right here and i feel like that should shake out to be number three ray number two walk the line number one amadeus if i could get walk the line to two i'm satisfied yeah i have ray at number four and walk the line at three so i i think the reason why i was like battling back and forth between those because I think that Jamie Foxx straight up embodies Ray Charles and his mannerisms and, and him like playing the instrument and all of that. Like it feels so like genuine. He looks the part better in my opinion. And like, I think Joaquin Phoenix is again, giving a like one of his best performances. Um, but he doesn't really like look or move like Johnny Cash, like recordings of him and things. And it might just be because, like, he's not as iconic as a performer as Ray Charles. But where it really won me over again is just how strong that supporting cast is. How well all the characters, like, feel the amount of depth to, like, everyone in the movie. As opposed to just the main character, Walk the Line just felt like a slightly better written movie to me. Alden, uh, Josh, how do you guys feel? It would be weird at this point if uh, Walk the Line was settled for number three after it fought its way all the way up here. I think it's got to at least be in the top two. I personally think it should be number one, but I haven't seen Amadeus. So, Alden, what's wrong with putting a movie I haven't seen at number one? In terms of like the classical uh, composers and stuff, Mozart's not really my favorite. Wait, who is? Oh, you're more of a Bach guy. Yeah, I like Bach. I was fucking joking. Well, you were right. Are you a Beethoven guy? Beethoven's kind of around the same level. They're both, like, I only know a handful, right? But I feel like Bach's my favorite. Mozart, I feel, is, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, not to be that guy, but I feel like a factor in music biopics, too, is, like, music I really would, like, listen to a lot. And I'm just not kicking back listening to uh, classical music a lot. But maybe you should. I'm not really listening to a lot of Ray Charles or a little bit of Johnny Cash, but you know. Well, in terms of like country music, Johnny Cash is the only artist I will listen to. I don't generally like anything else. You don't like Dolly Parton? I I would agree with that. Uh, I don't listen to her. I like her, but I will not put her on a playlist. I'm not much of a country guy either. I do like outlaw country and Johnny Cash is kind of like the predecessor to that movement of the genre. Mm-hmm. That's true. Emo country. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like emo, uh, pop punk, uh, <laughs> country. <laughs> Dressing all in black country goth. Another movie, uh, that I watched in preparation for this that I didn't place on my list was blaze, which is directed by, uh, Oh gosh ethan hawk oh interesting it's the story of blaze foley who is the like 
the most known and most reputable uh outlaw country artist and i actually was at a point like gonna try to like fight with myself over blaze over uh uh walk the line because it gets a lot of like the music like the musical aspects of it right a lot more especially in terms of like we don't get a lot of like introspection into what johnny cash is dealing with it's kind of more of like how he acts and how the characters around him respond you don't really like i don't know with 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 blaze at least i understood the internal struggle and the reason this guy feels the way he does and with like walk the line it's just like oh no this guy's just like an alcoholic and really doesn't know how to like control himself i don't know i never really bought that like johnny cash had any sort of like mental health issue besides alcoholism yeah all right so the best music biopic of all time is stardust 2020 i'm glad we all agree (laughs) (laughs) no fuck stardust all my homies hate stardust what the hell is stardust it's the it's gonna be the uh david bowie movie that does not have the blessing of the estate of david bowie and they don't have the uh, ability to use any of his music there seems to be a 2001 tribute in the trailer have any of you ever seen um it's like the jack it's like the jackson five movie it's like five hours long yeah the jacksons it was like kind of like a tv series almost like a limited series in the in the 90s i believe but now when like ever yeah whenever vh1 like replays it they do it in like one day which is very interesting to me it's not bad but for some reason like i just always picture tiny michael jackson singing to a rat in his kitchen which is a scene in that i don't know what brought that on but (laughs) Right at 282. <laughs> Wait a second. So, are we saying that Michael Jackson's entire musical career was because a rat was hiding in his afro? <laughs> no, he was like, the song Ben is like about like this little rat that was in his kitchen and he was singing, or a mouse, I guess, and he was singing to him. And that's like how, yeah. <laughs> I have seen that movie, but it's been a long time and I was trying to track it down and then I realized how long it was and I was like, oh, no, I'm not rewatching this. Yeah. It lives in my brain rent free. (laughs) (laughs) There's like this terrible scene where like his hair gets caught on fire for that Coke ad. And it's just, it's yeah. So rumor has it, you're doing the production design for Ratatouille, the musical Gianna. You want to speak on that real quick? (laughs) Um, I am not, but I wish I was. (laughs) The Ratatouzical? Have any of you guys? I unfortunately cannot find any information on what Michael Jackson thought of the film Ratatouille. <laughs> you can get his thoughts on uh, 808s and Heartbreak, though. You know what movie came out the day Michael Jackson died? Oh my god. I think it was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> Is that movie about Michael Jackson? <laughs> Michael Jackson did like uh, 808s and Heartbreaks. A Michael Jackson biopic would be really tough. I feel like that would be one where it would be okay to see multiple actors play him, because <laughs> he just looked so different always, unless they were trying to go for a best makeup award. That would just be tough from like a fan base standpoint, because like Michael Jackson fans, like that fan base, like they're like Star Wars fans. They're they're lethal. I don't know. They might be a little more vicious than Star Wars fans. They might care more than Star Wars fans. Josh, I can't believe you're right. I just fact checked you. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen came out the day Michael Jackson died. (laughs) Remember the Fallen? Do you think if they uh, messed up Corey Feldman's like nose and cheekbones with makeup, they could he could look like late Michael Jackson? He could have like 
five to ten years ago. He's a little. He's like I don't know. He looks so much older than he is. I feel like there would be. Um, this is getting to a con- controversial topic, but I think it'd be very, uh, um, controversial. Like if they did cast a white guy, even for the end of his career. Because, like, him, I think Michael Jackson himself said if a white guy ever played him, like, I think he he would never approve of that. So I don't think his family would ever approve of that. It's happened once before. They could do a Stardust. Oh, yeah, it was Ralph Fiennes', Ralph Fiennes' brother played him. Yes, Joseph Fiennes, I believe, played late in life Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm just picturing Voldemort. I'll find a picture. So, Josh, why is Walk the Line a better movie than Amadeus? Mozart sucks. All my homies hate Mozart. Bach is where it's at. Oh, I remember that. There was a lot of controversy with that. Yeah, and it was it was so bad. I think it aired once, and then they never aired it again. But I think Walk the Line uh, could be number one, um, based on like what I would personally want in a music biopic. I want a really good actor playing the main artist, whoever the main artist is. And, I mean, it's fucking Joaquin Phoenix. He's great in everything. Um, I, it's got to be music I like. I've always liked Johnny Cash's music. Even I'm also not huge on country, and um, I think like movie also gives like um, uh, represents like the um, the iconic I guess career of Johnny Cash really well. And like, yeah, it's hard to defend against a movie I haven't seen, but I feel like Walk the Line is is a top tier music biopic. When I think of music biopics, that's one of the one of the main ones that pops in my head i think the only reason that i continue to like say that amadeus is the best like music biopic is because i think if more stories took up like a page out of its book in terms of telling the story from a certain other person's perspective music biopics could get away with a lot more and be a lot stronger and less formulaic as movies because they always seem to have this like omnipotent kind of like narrator that's like just following the artist's life but really we're getting whatever producers are making this movie think how the artist's life went down if that makes sense but like especially with movies like straight out of compton or something like if you told the story from one band member's perspective one member of the group's perspective or something like that or you told the dirt specifically from mick mars perspective and he's narrating the whole thing like i think you would understand the inner workings of those conflicts and i guess in a way we kind of got that with things like rocket man but it's the character it's the main character's perspective and it's like the main artist that this that the movie is about you know it's not like amadeus is about saliari he they kind of fudge his stuff more than they fudge Mozart's stuff, but that's to give us the narrative and like who's telling the story. And that's kind of what I really like about it. I think I think it's a better way to have creative liberties with a real person's life in a tasteful way. Because at the end of the day, you can just be like, well, that's how that person saw it as well. Like imagine a Kurt Cobain biopic from Courtney Love's perspective. I feel like that would be a much more interesting movie. Whoa! Yikes! Ooh. Imagine a Kurt Cobain biopic, but from Dave Grohl's perspective. Ooh! <laughs> like yeah, he was really distant there toward the end. He didn't talk much. <laughs> yeah, he kept hanging out with that bitch uh, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote a bunch of songs about her, and they slapped. I feel like this could really go either way. I feel like if you guys saw the movie. <laughs> then it wouldn't go either way isn't it three hours long so it's like 
20 minutes longer than walk the line yeah i don't know i think it depends what you're looking for in this uh sub see i mean as far as like acting goes you also have top tier performances from f murray abraham and tom holes tom holes who absolutely was never better in any other movie he was in but he is really good in this movie he got nominated for um for for leading actor and f murray abraham won for supporting actor the movie won eight academy awards in 1984 and held the record until return of the king took 11 um so it was like the first kind of movie to sweep Academy Awards like it did. And that's why The Dirt is number one. And that's why Selena is number one. But this is not the future you chose. <laughs> in an alternate timeline, Selena is number one. It's number one in, in our hearts. In our, in our hearts, yes. But not on our list. Can we just leave this to a vote? Uh, I, sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I am casting my vote for Amadeus. I'm also casting my vote for Amadeus. I am walk the line. I'm walk the line. It's just because I've only seen the, I've only like read the play. I've never seen the movie. And in like the the play, I haven't seen it performed, but I can't really imagine you getting away too much with like using recordings of Mozart's work or hiring an entire orchestra and opera to perform his work either in in a play. So it's very like dialogue heavy and um... seeing the performances are so amazing, especially uh what don giovanni is so fucking great like like everyone's saying like you kind of have to like the artist's music going into it i fucking listened to wolfgang amadeus mozart every single night when i was a kid uh i had like a cd and it's what i'd fall asleep to from the time i was like but you're nate martin you know that doesn't surprise me see i did not have that life experience and i still love this movie for at least a, for at least a decade i listened to mozart before i fell asleep. oh my Oh my god. Uh, from the time I was like two to like mid-middle school. Like, then, it was, then it was the Minecraft soundtrack. It, then it was the Minecraft soundtrack. <laughs> oh crap. I really did fall asleep to that a lot. I mean, that's a solid pick. Do, 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 do. I wasn't any more aware of uh, Mozart's work than I would think that any kid is. At uh, When did I see this movie? I think I saw this movie for the first time when I was like 14 or something. Yeah, I think it really like sold me on classical music. It's still not a genre that I go back to, similar to country music with Walk the Line, but really appreciate the method that went behind it. Salieri is a uh, he's also a composer from the time, and the music that he makes to me is like just as good as Mozart's. But for some reason, Mozart's like carried on in the zeitgeist probably because of his character. I would assume because the characterization of him in this movie is absolutely brilliant. I love it so much, and I think it's much more bold than any movie on this list. It's characterization of their artist. I don't want to say it falls into the same uh, like cliches that other music biopics do, but I do think it's interesting that Mozart's story is similar enough that it doesn't really feel too far away from like the classic like story of like fame and uh, in music, where it's like, oh yeah, they like get famous, they get all this money. They end up like overworking themselves, like drinking, do like having sex and doing drugs and ending up like doing that into an early grave. And it's interesting to see this was going on back in like the Renaissance. Like he's a child prodigy. So it's like they discover he has this talent so fucking young. And then they're just like, yeah, this is like your role in society now. 
it's not like there is like this mm-hmm. they take him on like road shows they have him like blindfolded as like a five-year-old playing like music for kings it's not like it's not like it's like there's this like struggle of like oh we gotta like find a record label like no one listens to our stuff it's like it's like no no like the the king and queen want to hear you or it's like you're going to the governor's ball and performing tonight it's like mm-hmm. historians make a lot of comparisons between uh mozart and michael jackson and i think like rightfully so it makes a lot of sense anyway josh what are you voting for we're at a tie it's up to you i really respect what you guys said about amadeus and i think it and it shows because i made it this far just based like by default but it's hard to go against walk the line i gotta give it a like it's just, just what i want more in this subgenre it is definitely a more by the numbers music biopic so for that i could see it winning yeah can we go back and can we go back and raise selena up <laughs> <laughs> lift her up i tried for someone who wanted to put it at eight i really tried jory <laughs> damn it all right does everyone want to read their personal lists oh then what's your list look like my dude <laughs> 10 is the pianist Nine is Selena. Eight is The Doors. Seven is Coal Miner's Daughter. Six is Get On Up. Five is The Dirt. Four is Eight Mile. Three is Straight Out of Compton. Two is Rocket Man. And one is Walk the Line. Whoa, four is Eight Mile? You didn't talk about it. <laughs> eight Mile and the Pianist were technically disallowed. Yeah, once I or someone said that it was barely a biopic, which I guess. Um. I just thought it wasn't really worth it because it's not necessarily the best one here. It's really good in terms of a movie, but when you count it like in that genre, though, it's an interesting take like on that story. I like how the movie's so influential that 16 years later, they decided to have Eminem come out and do the best original soundtrack bit for <laughs> the mom spaghetti song. It's mom spaghetti. That was so confusing. Mom's the mom's spaghetti. <laughs> That's what it is. Would we really be talking about Eight Mile if Lose Yourself wasn't in it, though? Let's be honest with each other. Uh, uh, the, the close is that Eminem's best song. <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's a that's a list for another time. It's the fun. Let's not make that list ever. <laughs> I I mean, we did the con. Well, Nate did the Kanye albums. Maybe we could do the Eminem album albums that's easy yeah there are like five of them or six of them that i don't want to talk about at all <laughs> but i think like the i mean the, i feel like the highlight of eight mile is rap battles at the end that's yeah the rap battles throughout are awesome even when he's choking the other guys do it so well it's like a boxing movie but with rap battles instead of boxing that's what makes it interesting to me i just love that anthony mackie's in it too <laughs> remember when anthony mackie played tupac and notorious Yes, I really wanted to find a place for Notorious on here, but... It... Yeah, it's just not that good. Please do a Biggie Smalls biopic, right? Somebody, somewhere. Gianna, what is your list? Uh, my list is at number 10, I had The Runaways. 9 was The Dirt. 8 was Nowhere Boy. 7 was Levy and Rose. Um, 6 was The Doors. 5 was Rocket Man. 4 was Coal Miner's Daughter. 3 was Ray. 2 was Selena. And number one was Walk the Line. I really like that list, actually. I feel like that, 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 I feel like that list would be, um, I would have very similar opinions on that list if I actually watched these movies. If you, I do think if you watched Amadeus, it would make it on that list, though. It, it might. It very well might. 
I don't have anything against classical music. So hearing your list, though, it makes me really sad that we didn't find a, a spot for Coal Miner's Daughter. It's all right. She has a place in my heart. I like that movie a lot. Jory, what is your list, my dude? <laughs> um uh, do you, well do you actually want to explain why you made your list the way you did oh yeah i made my list the way i did because i didn't want to do any homework and i figured that it'd be completely fine just making a meme list oh. i ended up making it different than how i explained it right before because i was making it the entire time we were figuring out how to record this episode but i do have what is it i have a solid five movies in a row that are about pianists what <laughs> okay what's your list number 10 get on up Number nine, Straight Outta Compton. Number eight, The Doors. Number seven, I Walk the Line. Number six, Ray. Number five, The Pianist. Number four, Rocket Man. Number three, Behind the Candelabra. Number two, Amadeus. And number one, Selena. Based. <laughs> that was the biggest question mark I've ever heard behind the phrase based. <laughs> that list was a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you guys know it changed up until the point that I was explaining how I made it. <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your list? All right, this was actually my number 10, but I didn't want it on the list. Bohemian Rhapsody. Boo. Didn't want to get bullied. I, I don't think it deserves to be on this list, but it was just there by default. Um, uh, What was next after that? Get On Up, uh, 8 Mile, uh, Straight Outta Compton, uh, Walk the Line, uh, Jersey Boys, um... Rocket Man, The Doors, Selena, and The Dirt. My personal list was I'm Not There, The Dirt, number eight, Selena, number seven, What's Love Got to Do With It, number six, Straight Outta Compton, number five, Love and Mercy, number four, Ray, three, Walk the Line, two, The Doors, and number one, Amadeus. The group list is 10, Get On Up, nine, The Dirt, number eight, Straight Outta Compton, Seven, what's love got to do with it? Number six, The Doors. Five, Rocket Man. Four, Selena. Three, Ray. Two, Amadeus. And number one, Walk the Line. I guess one question to close us out. What is one movie or one artist, I guess I would say, you all want to see a movie about and who would you cast as that artist? Oh, I mean, like, take some time to think about it. I just came up with this question, like, on the spot. So I, I'm kind of thinking, too. Also, thank you, no one, for having the green book on your list. <laughs> <laughs> you all are more based than the Academy Awards. How did I not say uh, Academy Award winning best editing Bohemian Rhapsody when I said my number? <laughs> Ew. Cringe. I, mm -mm. At least it didn't win hair and makeup. I don't think it should have won anything that it won. <laughs> Definitely should not have won best actor, but whatever. <laughs> Vice. <clears throat> How about a uh, a Lenny Kravitz biopic with uh, Donald Glover playing him? Ooh. I think that's good casting for sure. Imagine a Kanye biopic. <laughs> I think it's too soon. Nah, he pulls a Howard Stern and he plays himself in the biopic. They de-age him like CGI de-age. I feel like Kanye West is the type of guy that in like a couple more years he would have one of his daughters play him as a like younger. I actually I thought I was having a stroke today because there's this song by this band I think they're called Why Don't We? And it samples Kanye West's black skinhead and I actually thought I was dying on the way home from work. I was like am I hallucinating? Like it's just like the backing track, but I was like, that is such a choice. That is so weird. Literally, it's like that. It's the drum part. I don't want this necessarily, but I think Nate made a joke about it when we were about it. That that kid, um, 
that played Justin Bieber in the Lonely Music video is that is he going to star in the Justin Bieber biopic in a couple of years? Oh, oh gosh, Jacob Tremblay or whatever his name is, the kid who won a Golden Globe from Room. Oh, you know, I do as much as I kind of just don't like Justin Bieber in general. I do feel like a biopic about his life, like especially like the transition from him being just like a child star essentially to like where he is now could be very interesting. Maybe. Uh, so my, my pick is, uh, I really want to see an Oingo Boingo movie. Like, and I think that Thomas Brody Sangster, the kid who plays a uh, little foot in game of Thrones and is like the smart kid in the maze runner movies should play Danny Elfman because he looks exactly like a young Danny Elfman. Uh, and that would be really cool. Cause I think Oingo Boingo is one of those music acts that had a pretty like smooth career. They just had like one breakout star who then switched mediums and became a film score composer. And I feel like we can get a really solid Danny Elfman score because it's someone who worked in both the music and film industry. It would be like a nice little hybrid. Damn, he really does look exactly like Danny Elfman. All right, hear me out. Pitbull biopic. With Vin Diesel. <laughs> I'm not hearing you out. <laughs> With Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel is Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be called mr worldwide but i could go for a fleetwood mac biopic but i would i i really think a lot of them would have to be like no names would have would a van would a van halen biopic movie have to be two movies or a really I feel long... like it'd have to be a trilogy and the tri- like the third movie would suck <laughs> <laughs> it would be a trilogy but the third movie would get canceled yeah a fleetwood mac movie would be really good because i feel like there's so many like interesting like stories about them like behind the scenes and like the inner workings of the band and who was with who and yeah and when they all got mad at each other and they did so much drugs but I think uh, Florence Pugh would be really good to play Christine McVie or McVie or however you pronounce her. Yeah, McVie. I, I would agree with that. I don't know if she can sing, but like then again, Christine isn't the best. Yeah, as long as you can harmonize with whoever they have playing Stevie Nicks, it'd be fine. Yeah, realistically, none of them are great singers. They just happen to be very good musicians. <laughs> And songwriters. Yeah, it'd be really hard to cast Mick Fleetwood, Stevie Nicks, and Lindsey Buckingham specifically. Like, I feel like the rest of them you could probably put some, like, stars in. But in terms of, like, the conflicts and the way it all works, that would be the hardest, I think. You would really have to work hard for that one. I don't know if this is, like, a meme or not, but I kind of want to see a Blink-182 biopic. Or, or more specifically, Mark Hoppus. Would there be a story there? I, well, that's, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll find out. I just find the transition from Blink-182 to maybe Angels and Airwaves could be interesting. But outside of that, I have no idea. Do a lot. I just feel like there isn't really a story there. There'd be like a Weezer biopic. Like, it's just like, the guy's kind of an incel, but as he became more successful, he became more socially accepted. The end. Oh, you know what? Instead of like a full feature length film, I want to see like a seven minute uh, short film at a film festival about it. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they should do a uh, a Genesis biopic with like a big feud between Peter Gabriel and uh, Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, the Tarzan guy. The Tarzan guy. Mark Rylance. They could get Mark Rylance to play Phil Collins. He could play Phil Collins now. Like he's old as shit. Yeah, he could play Phil Collins now. That's what I mean. So the feud's happening in modern day. 
<laughs> no, not the feats happening in modern day, but like, you know, like the end of the movie when it's like they're old fucks and they come back together and they're like, all right. <laughs> okay. There's still a lot of potential like music biopics. Yeah, there's just a lot of good stories in the, mu- in the music industry. Uh, Talking Heads biopic would be really good, too. Oh, hell yeah. Who would play uh, David Byrne? David Byrne. What, what's his name? The kid from Baby Driver. Ansel Elgort should do it. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Mm. I feel like he's got that, like, incel persona enough to where it's potential to believe, but he's also, like, really good at singing. And, like, David Byrne is not. So it would be really interesting to see how they do that. <laughs> I would also want to see a shot-for-shot, once-in-a-lifetime remake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would have to be in the movie. For a non-joke kind of pick, I do want to see something on uh, Brittany Howard. Oh, okay. Um, I find her just music career to be very interesting. Yeah. And I've heard a few or read a few stories uh that she's told people so she had a really good N- uh npr tiny desk uh either last year or the year before there's probably gonna be a britney spears biopic and it's probably gonna be really not until her dad dies <laughs> yeah that would be very interesting and in like a, a decade or two i feel like we'd all get hyped for the shaved head era and then like do we really care about the rest of the of her life i mean she's doing good now i feel like you can make it now anymore her career is kind of over all right hear hear me out britney spears biopic but you cast Lindsay lohan Ooh. whoa <laughs> wow there's a lot of overlap and experience there i uh i don't think that's a bad cast it's like blurred lines you would not know wait the rob the robin thick biopic oh god is there a story with robin thick <laughs> how about a miley cyrus biopic and like 10 20 years i was gonna say that but i didn't want to get judged no she's got so much more of a career ahead of her which is like what's really exciting yeah it depends on what what like way her career goes yeah that's what i'm saying like definitely not now but even right now it'd be super interesting i was about to say even like her backstory is just interesting enough as like a first act also also hear me out what if miley cyrus played uh uh stevie nicks in that fleetwood mac musical i i'm not offended by that i think that would be uh that might work she'd have the blessing at least they're like homies yeah that'd be that would be interesting i wonder if that's actually a thing no but we're probably gonna speak it into existence yeah i I feel like that could actually be like real i know there's a stevie nicks i don't know if it's based on her life but it's like about rhiannon like the song or the witch or whatever that's coming out but i don't know who is either playing her or playing the character or what but that's a thing that's happening if we were talking about this like seven years ago i would have said like um jennifer lawrence would be an okay stevie nicks pick yeah at one point we haven't seen her in a while but still no <laughs> i don't really want to all right well thank you everyone for watching today's episode of duel of the Tigs. we're gonna leave it at alden hating on jennifer lawrence <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite music biopic? Let us know. Uh, yeah. Are you mad that we didn't talk about the Country Bears? <laughs> that was targeted to one person, and you know exactly who it was. Or the Muppets movie. Am I a man? Oh, wait. Do I need to say Craig Lee? 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Duel of the Takes. If you haven't already, check out the Duel of the Takes YouTube channel, where we have highlights of every episode, bonus lists, as well as comedy sketches, and more. Also, give us a follow on Instagram. We do interactive stories, movie and pop culture memes, and when we record, if we ever need a tiebreaker, we will go live to you, our audience, on Instagram to get an answer. If you want to be a part of the discussion, check out our Discord channel for movie debates, hot takes, gaming moments, etc. And as always, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.